it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Don't think I can't feel that there's something wrong. You've been making jollof fries in this house for so long. I'm eating this rice. And it don't taste right You and I know We need to talk tonight Baby, this is serious Are you cooking for Sally or us? (laughs) (laughs) He was so serious with it. <laughs> he was so serious with that one. Don't say what you're about to say. Think twice before you season this rice. <laughs> Be sure before you close that pot. Before you close that part, <laughs> season your eyes. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, why, why did Tony Braxton make that song? Are you, why did you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Wait, what? It's Celine Dion. No, but you sang it like Tony Braxton. No, because that's how. No, that's um, um Tony Braxton is deeper. Tony What's it like? Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you didn't. No, this sounds the same to me. Sorry. No, Celine because Dion, Tony Braxton's all the same. Celine Dion is higher. Tony Braxton is all down there, like you've just done. Like Tony Braxton is down. Home, more. <laughs> Say you love me again. <laughs> like, Rex is down there. Like you've got something in your mouth. <laughs> Whereas Celine Dion is always higher. It's all the 90s music though, isn't it? Ah, oh, that's like my fave. That's like it's my fave, 90s. my absolute fave. Like Celine Dion is like... Because we can't... The cookout is over. Like the cookout yeah, will never exist again. The cancel, <laughs> we've cancelled the cookout. But, but Celine Dion has bangers. Yeah. Lay bang girls, if as they say the in French Canada. If ever the cookout was going to make a return, <laughs> she can come. She could definitely come. But she's serving like real looks recently. Her outfits just stay on point. Yes. But yeah, so that wasn't Tony Braxton. And this is why Celicia keeps dragging you on Twitter <laughs> because <laughs> everyone keeps dragging me. I like to think I've got a good. I, look, guys, I, seriously, I do have a good musical knowledge. I go off vibes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, I think everyone everyone likes to like say, oh, they like to be right with, oh, who who sung this, who sung that. I go off vibes. So if I say, oh, Tony Braxton sung that, then she should have sung it. 
you get what I mean? I don't know, but it's, it's about who actually well, did sing Well, that's fine. I think that's where everyone's different. In it, but I just go off, <laughs> I go off vibes. I feel like that should have been a Tony Braxton song. Maybe. Yeah. No, Tony, I would actually like to hear Tony Braxton sing that. She would, she, 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 she body, she it, body she it. it. And um, what's that song? I think um, you got, uh, you don't, that don't impress me much. Shania Twain. Yeah, that should have been a Celine Dion song. Yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, I see it. You see? But kind of, I don't know if she, like, that's very country, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Is, yeah. But Celine Dion has that kind of versatile. She has voice. that versatility. Yeah, she does. But, um, well, let's introduce ourselves then. Um, Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What, that's right, Suck Your, your Mum. And it's me, Kalechi, in the place to be. And the person that said that it was Tony Braxton singing. <laughs> it's Sadiq, and I'm still standing by that. Vibes, 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 vibes. <laughs> but, and the song was, in case you need to know, Celine Dion, Think Twice. It's such a banger. Like, I love that song so much. Celine Dion walked so Sam Smith could run. You know, them break up songs like, like that song is so, don't think I can't feel that there's something wrong. Like, I know, like, you're about to leave me, but really, really think twice before you leave me. But I like that energy. Think twice because if you close that door, never could open again. Don't come back again, you know? Yeah. Don't come back again. But it's so weird listening to songs back then because it's like, Everyone was so kind of like upfront about how they really felt and desperate. <laughs> like you don't get songs like that, like begging you. Like I think of like Dolly Parton, you know, yeah, the, um, Jolene, Jolene. Like Jesus Christ, yeah, A very sad and desperate song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you, they, they, they ain't making them like that anymore. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. God I forbid. would like to see God the fucking day, you try. I would like. Oh my god! <laughs> I would like Can to you see imagine? the fucking day. They should, they should literally just kill me then. If I ever, uh, literally, to get beg rid you of to me. stay. Hubba. <laughs> So then if Jolene actually does listen to you, that means your marriage will be fruitful because of Jolene. So that Jolene, if Jolene came and said, no, actually, it's your mother, I want that. Wow. Jolene said he wasn't man enough for me. (laughs) Literally. Jolene wasn't even watching your man. Do you know how mad it is? Like Jolene's not even interested in your man. But your man is ruining... You have to beg her. Jolene, can you not beat your face today? Jolene, please. Please, please, don't be attractive. Don't be attractive today. Don't wear them pom-pom shorts out on road because, (laughs) please, because if my man sees you, it's It's over over for me. It's over for me. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's a lovely song, but Jesus Christ. That's not even coming to someone as a woman. No, you're... you're, (laughs) I don't know what you're coming to them as, but you are begging. You're coming as a beggar. Literally. (laughs) As a begging woman. Um, um, there's nothing I can do to keep um, him from calling out your name in his sleep, Jolene. Oh, God. And you haven't choked him in his sleep. <laughs> that is, that's a crazy The way track. I would slap. Oh, my God. So you're doing... <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> you will never sleep again. <laughs> that is all I can say. You will never sleep again. I'll punch you right in your throat while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be able to pronounce Jolene. The punch in your throat would wake you up. Are you mad? In my bed, you're calling somebody else's name. Are you mad? Jesus. I'm glad that there's no more desperation like that. No, I think they cloak it. No, I think they cloak it in different ways. Maybe. I think people do 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 that. But then I like country music because it's not just the women that were desperate. Like I feel like the man then moved desperate as well. Like Jim Reeves, when he's singing, am I losing you? Are my fears coming true? 
tell me what to do. Am I losing you? Mm. And I'm just like, oh. Not as desperate as some of the women though. Come on. No, no, like men have really. No, what he's also got adios amigo adios my friend and he's saying goodbye to a friend because they um the woman chose him over like the woman chose the friend over him okay and he said the road we have traveled has come to an end because yeah um went to love the same love one love has to lose and it's you who she longs for it's you she will choose and i'm like no i'm not i'm i'm a sore loser (laughs) there's no way i'll be happy about that you you really know that song yeah i love country music fair enough like my entire no, playlist. You knew that, I, would, I would know that, but you knew that song. Like you knew it. I know all of What's them. Was Nickelback country? Yes, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew no, I think aren't they like country rock? Rockish, yeah. Country and this rock. is how you remind me of what I really am. It's not like you to say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you actually just made me snort. <laughs> when I think of country, I think of um, you know Tim McGraw. Yes. Do you know that song he did? And it's all in my, my head. I think about it over and over again. again. <laughs> I, I keep picturing you. I keep picturing you with him. And even Nelly was involved in that one. That was a desperate song. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna listen to that. Oh, that, that, that was such and, a good song. Um, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like they disguise it because Alicia Keys. If I'm. If um, um, have you tried sleeping with a broken heart? Oh, you should slice it sleeping in my bed. bed. Oh, oh, really? Of why won't your heart be broken mm. when that's other people's husband? There you were going for. <laughs> can you imagine? And it's so funny because you remember that picture they took on the beach with three the of whole them? family. I don't know. There's something about that made me a little bit sick. <laughs> but then, but then it was funny because shortly after they started beefing. Now, yeah. And this is why I say like women should never, ever, 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 ever try and find friendship in a woman that their man is seen or man was ever seen no, or like, yeah. never, ever, ever. You're never going to, it's never a good foundation to be, no. to, to form a relationship. I feel like they try man. to do that to kind of show that they're the bigger person. And no, I'm, I'm don't happy. be a bigger person. I'm happy to say that I'm petty. I'm yeah. happy to say that I'm trash. <laughs> yes. I'm a dickhead. Yes. I don't want to be friends with you. No. You're lucky that I don't see you and I'll just clot you in your eye you when I see you. Actually crazy. I yeah. don't care if you dated 15 years ago. I'll punch you in your face. Straight. I, just, I, I, I agree with that. I the boundaries thing because this is what happened you try and form friendship and there's always going to be a little bit of resentment there you're with the person yeah. i was once with you were once with the person i am now with it's like there's always going to be a bit of it'll just be weird like i don't know um imagine like you're 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 all having a chat and you're at a dinner party and then you've like made him his steak and you've placed it down and then she goes oh when did you start eating steak medium rare <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's just those um, little ones just the small small ones oh. oh oh that's i saw what you bought him for christmas it looks so good i've never really thought green suited him there was that christmas when i bought him a green outfit and i just didn't think no 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 you see because i'll start strangling you i'll start strangling all of that can be true but it doesn't need to be true around me <laughs> do you know what i mean it just does not need to be true around me and this is why i say people need to really it's a boundaries thing man if that is your i think it's very important to respect your baby moms and all of that and stuff like that but just we don't need keep, to be boys yeah keep everyone in their positions please everybody stay it's, where you are it's, it's oh i can i can uh, i can uh, do it but um yeah, he wasn't man enough for me. It will always be my favorite song, anyway. Yes, 
But I still do need to figure out, because I've said this on the podcast before, I need to figure out where she's coming from. Because if I've not contacted you before and then you've just come to me and been like, who do you think I am? Don't you know that he was my man, but I chose to let him go. So why do you look like like I have to care about him? Looking at me like I'm hurt. But imagine if I'm not even looking at I'm you. Not even, yeah, like I'm not even. I think the video got, tries to explain it a little bit more. Yeah. Because clearly, I think from what I remember in the video, the girl was trying to like stalk Tony and Tony's like, chill, girl. And that is the I'm only one not. I would. Yeah, that's the yeah. only one I would accept. Like to me, that's the only narrative I can accept where it's like, I'm out here minding my business and you're coming to me like, don't you, you've got him now, but you can have him because I didn't actually, yeah, like, I gave him up actually quite embarrassing I, I walked away so you could run <laughs> <laughs> i just think there's women out there right now that are that have boyfriends have husbands who are trying to cheat on them and they're failing so yeah like, imagine like your husband or your boyfriend trying to cheat on you you see a message and he's trying to dm this girl and he's getting aired yeah or she's telling him to get out of her dm <laughs> you just think it to yourself so but it's that it's her you want to beef oh <sighs> And on top of that, it's like, you're trying to cheat on me and you're not doing a good job at that it. That is the worst. Oh, now, now people are not only are you like trying to be unfaithful, but you're, you're failing so badly. It looks worse on me. Ah. I would like for you to at least succeed. Ah. So, so now that, everyone uh, knows that I've got a failure. Yeah, at least, at least there's a reason why people want you. Do you get what I mean? Oh God. But that's actually happening to some people out there. Like your man is actively trying and he's not successful with all the women he's trying with. It's just like, oh. It's a shame. And you've just got maybe your prayers are working. (laughs) Boy, maybe that's the way. That's how you're praying. Like you're just like every every way that he tries to misbehave, let them deny him there. Let him come and sit back home. Imagine he comes home and he's just irritated (laughs) from a day of unsuccessful cheating. Just irritated. Oh, I would not wish that. Do you want to eat? Leave me, man. Leave me alone, man. (laughs) None of these guys replied to my DMs. (laughs) Oh. Some people are living that hell right now. It's so hard to laugh about it because it's, it's a hell that people are living and they don't it's know. It's a mad thing. It's a mad oh, thing. God. But no, well, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Another <laughs> week or in another episode. It's, it's actually lit out here. Um, yeah, so today, today, um, I'm going to be picking up the show sponsors BetterHelp at some point because obviously people should be hollering at a therapist if they're going through any of this or begging people to let them keep their own man. Um so we'll talk about that later and um later on in the um episode i talked to nicole bahari the beautiful beautiful woman that you would have seen in black that black mirror episode you know that's black yeah. mirror he- episode <laughs> Woof. um i talked to her about a new film um, miss juneteenth that comes out in the uk um september 25th and um it's it's brilliant i told you that rocks was was brilliant you lot went and watched rocks and you've seen how fucking fantastic it is and um you know miss juneteenth is absolutely fantastic as well so i'll be talking to nicole a little bit later so let's get into the tarot then oh before i get into the tarot you might want to pause at this point because the um new cards are out yeah the new cards are out spiritual seasoning for the soul the new sym oracle cards slash prompt cards whatever you want to call them they are out on the website kalechiokafor.com i think forward slash shop you should see them you know how i move mad I've only made 444 of them. So when they go, they are gone. Do not DM me. Do not email me. Do not accost me in the streets to tell me how, you know, you missed it because your rice was burning and you had to go and look at it. And then before you came back, all of it was gone. 
obviously the patrons had a head start so they would have been buying it um from sunday evening but you now know that they are out so if you want to pause and quickly go and get yourself your um order your oracle cards do that because i will not make another deck of this one again my next project will probably be a 78 uh uh, card tarot deck but i want to be able to take all the pictures myself from around the world and like do all of the compositions and everything but that will probably be a massive project later on but for now you have the spiritual seasoning for the soul by kalechi okafor and designed by studio pixie a baby girl um who actually made all of the logos so every all the logos that you see for say your mind even the kalechnikov logo that's all our baby girl studio pixie that did all of that um and I'm just, yeah, just fantastic work, fantastic work. They look beautiful and I actually use them in the reading today. So yeah, I I feel so proud of them. I'm so, so incredibly proud of them. I feel like I took a while to kind of channel the messages to make sure that they're messages that will enrich all of us and, and bring us closer to the fullest expression of ourselves. And, you know, went all out with the quality of them to give you something cute. They're 33 pounds, 33. Cause you know, I love a repetitive number. So, um, go and grab your deck in it. So yeah, let's get into the tarot. First card this week, because there's no more pick a pile. Pick a pile is for patrons on patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. Um, so this reading as a whole is an interesting one. The first card is the seven of cups in reverse, basically saying that a lot of the illusions, a lot of the things that we thought that we wanted, I, I would say prior to um, this pandemic, before this pandem- pandemic really, really took, um, took picked up speed, there were certain things that we thought we wanted, a certain way that we thought we wanted our life to go. And now we are thinking a lot more differently about that. We don't want the same things anymore. Like we realized that those things were literally illusions. Like it wouldn't have brought us much happiness. We're seeing that. And because we've now seen that, we've now jumped to the nine of cups upright. We're finding more emotional fulfillment in the present moment. We're feeling more grounded. We're finding joy in the little things in life. It could be for some people, I don't know, going gym or for some people like they've got more time to read now, or they've discovered new interests, or they've had more time to kind of just really get closer to themselves and figure out what it is that they actually like. Because when we've been go, 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 going for so long, some people haven't had a chance to really check in. So they thought that they wanted something, but it's that society telling you that you wanted that thing, your friends, your family telling you that you wanted that thing. And you realizing that actually that doesn't bang. It doesn't make my soul feel glad. And you're realizing that now. So you are, you're, you're happier. You're, overall you're just you're feeling more peace that's what i get from the nine of cups feeling more secure within yourself feeling um more at one with yourself and what that's happened and what's happened because of that that sense of peace that sense of knowing yourself is that we've got the eight of swords in reverse so your blindfold has come off all of the self-limiting beliefs and the doubts and the denial that you were in about different aspects of your life you've now shed those things all of the things that you felt like were holding you that stopping you from being your real self your true self you're able to shed all of that so you're showing up in the world more with your eyes really shining almost you know when you say almost shine your eye your eyes now really really shining you're seeing the world for what it is because because you're able to be truthful with yourself that truthfulness is reflected back to you in life and you know those who are for you and those who aren't for you you know the working environments that are for you and what's not for you you're just appreciating yourself more 
And for that reason, you're making better choices. And because you've done all of that, spirit has now given you the wheel of fortune card upright. So spirit has now said, God has now said, because you've done the work, because you've now realized that all of these things weren't for you, baby girl, baby boy, baby non-binary, let me now show you all the blessings that I've, uh, that I've had um, prepared for you. It's that whole thing about preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies because you've now realized that you don't need to be going to take crumbs from from other people's tables god prepared a table before you um, and was just waiting for you to see that this is what tastes best for you not the raggedy daggedy um steak that was left on there why am i so obsessed with steak today but not no <laughs> Not the random shit that was on other people's tables that you thought that you wanted because of the way that they hyped it up. Like, oh, look at the trash I'm eating. This is great. Oh, yeah. And maybe for th- for them, you know, that tastes great. Maybe, th- you know, that's great for them, but it was never for you. So you're there chucking your eye for what's at their table. And God needed for you to realize that you weren't ever meant to even be at sitting at that table. And because you've now realized that that table's not for you, it's full of bare, bad mind, bare, bare bad, bad, people, or just energies that aren't serving you um or things that will run your tummy you realize that all of them things aren't for you so god's like great now that you realize you're now looking at where's the table for me now look at the feast that i've prepared for you this is your table this is like regardless of what's happening in the in and of the world around you i've still made this table for you because you will know abundance in this life i'm a god of abundance yeah i'm not a a god of lack of scarcity but for me to be able to for you to see the value in the feast that i've prepared for you for you to even be able to see it as a feast i remember that um um you know that peter pan movie by robin williams robbie robin williams yeah it was the r.i.p where um um they're all pretending the 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 lost boys are pretending that there's a feast and yeah and then it yeah and then it appears Mm -hmm. and i think that that's you know the vibe that i get as well other people might look and be like the table looks empty what are they doing because they cannot see what God has put in before you is between you and God, what's on that table, what's at that table, because it was specifically for you. They don't need to be able to really see what it is. So people might be looking at you like, what do you mean you're content leaving that job? Or what do you mean you're content leaving that person? Yeah, I am. Like, you, it's none of your business. Like, this is what was, you know, meant for me. This is what now serves me best. Um, So, yeah, the, the portal is now open for you to step into your new life because you've realized that, um, other, the things that other people have wasn't what was destined for you. Um, the next card that you get from the archetypes deck is the goddess card. It says here, light attribute, the feminine expressed through wisdom, nature, life force, and sensuality. Shadow attribute, exploitation of the female nature and form. So um, for those who um, are who identify as more femme, for instance, um, in this instance, I feel like, there could have been an exploitation of what you deem to be sensuality, what you deem to be sexuality previously. Um, you may have been doing things with your body, with your soul, in thinking that you know other people are doing this so this is what i need to do but now you're realizing that actually that doesn't serve me that doesn't feel good it hurts i don't want that i don't want to keep feeling pain i don't want to have to learn through pain and you've made those changes and you've made those choices so god is now offering you this portal of divine mothering um and god appears to us as the thing that we need at the time i was talking to somebody while i was shooting something um yesterday and i asked him what is god to you and he he took a long time to answer and he was like god for me is a protector and a provider and i just thought 
that says a lot about the person and what they need at that moment in time. You know, sometimes I need God to be my older sister. Sometimes I need God to be, you know, my mother. Um, Sometimes I need God to be my father. That's whatever you need God to be. That is what God is for you at any moment. And in this um, instance, God is appearing to you as that mothering figure that you need um, to tell you that everything's okay. Like it doesn't matter all of the things that you've, you did in the place of, um, of um, a lack of understanding of your divinity or running away from your divinity. It's perfectly okay. Like, because you are still love and you are still loved. So that's that card. And um, then from the messages from the angels card deck, you've got angel Isabella and it says, yes, the timing is right for this new venture. A happy outcome follows your positive expectations. It goes on to say, in answer to your question, yes, this situation is everything that you hoped it would be. It's still a good idea to keep your eyes open and pray for angelic assistance along the way. Even ideal situations require adjustments as you move forward. However, we angels foresee Uh, smooth sailing with this decision the opportunity is even more favorable because of the timing several pieces of the puzzle have now fallen into place you have also learned some invaluable lessons that have prepared you your patience has paid off and now it's time for you to reap the rewards take bold steps while listening to the wise guidance of your heart as you move forward fearlessly you think like I always say this you'd think that I'd pick these cards and I put them together that's the power of God like the, everything just falls into place in it like all of it comes together to make sense I just read what is in front of me and um that's um another thing heightening the message of the um wheel of fortune card basically saying that you did the work you sat down you used this time and you did the work to understand what was no longer serving you and now portal has opened for you to step through and go forward but obviously don't be a dickhead like still make choices from your from this new sense of understanding not reverting back to old ways but you'll see how you may have felt like you were in a holding pattern before but now you've been given the go ahead the green light give me the green light to go ahead and do your thing because you've been working you've been working from the spiritual seasoning from the soul card deck you've got this moment is the most important is this how you want to use it it goes on to say because i give you um, an explanation so this is card number one it says here, all right, so boom, the past is no longer, um, the past no longer exists and the future doesn't exist either. That means the only moment that you know exists for sure is the one you're in right now. Make the most of now. Everything else will sort itself out. So of course, you know, that I would make an Oracle card that says, all right, so boom. I was just going to say, did, it, did <laughs> yeah. you add that or is that on the card? That's, the, that's right. literally what right, I wrote in there. All right, so boom. Yeah. Yeah, just get right into it. Get right into it. Because I feel like that sometimes... How the spirit guys speak to me, they were like, air what? Air what, yeah? Let me just tell you, two twos. And then, you know, the message comes through. Like, God speaks to you, you know, as so you're you... you're translating it as it comes through to you. Yes. All right, boom. All right, boom. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's how most of them are. Like I just like spirits. Um, the spirit don't. Um, spirit doesn't speak to me with, oh baby, oh baby. It's like listen. If I if I grab, listen. <laughs> so, so your spirit, your spirit guide is Yoruba. <laughs> <laughs> this is aggressive sounding. Aggressive sounding. That's how they deal with me. But I I dig it. I I respect it. So, um, yeah, that's the reading for this week. I pray that it resonates with you. How was it for you? It's good. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, there's always something you need to, I feel like it's one of those things where you feel like you hear the message and it's like, okay, yeah, that's all I need to know. And then you, you keep hearing it again and again and again and again. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you won't ever, 
I don't know. You won't ever reach half of your potential until you start actually doing things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Until you start getting rid of all that old weight. So I want to say the first card again, like last week, mm. uh, resonated with me the most. Okay. Yeah. No, it's this the seven of cups in reverse. Yeah, it's just realizing that. Yeah, things are. Like Kylie Jenner said, you know, this year is about realizing things. <laughs> <laughs> they, asked, they asked her for a really profound statement, and she said, you know, it's just realizing things. <laughs> But I, t- I, like, it's so weird. But like, I get it. Like, yeah, it yeah, makes sense. It yeah, no, I totally get what she means now. Like, yeah. realize things. Yeah. And, yeah. And when you realize it, do something with it. Realize, realize the real lies. <laughs> Where'd that come from, Tupac? I don't even know. I always see all the time when people think that they're doing spoken words. You see 14-year-olds coming <laughs> in sports thinking, how hard is your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's that. Let's go to um, share your magnificence. So this week for Share Your Magnificence, um, I've got a letter here and it says, um, Dear Kelechi, I hope this email reaches you well. When I listened to your Songs of Rage episode with Sadiq, which I um, enjoyed so much, the chemistry and the banter between you is just brilliant and I love hearing your inspiring conversations every week. I wanted to write this to highlight your words about grief and loss in relation to Chadwick Boseman. My father sadly has an incurable cancer and I'm slowly coming to terms with it all. Your comforting words have allowed me to be more at peace with everything going on in and um, in this world right um right now so i thank you by listening to your podcast it has allowed me to become more present in the moment and recognize the abundance of love and wealth that is to be shared my share your magnificence nomination goes to my own dad who still continues to be his great self despite his illness and to all who are going through invisible illnesses let the magnificence shine in small ways every day sending best wishes to yourself and your loving family Sorry if this email seems so rushed. It wasn't rushed at all. It was beautiful. Thank you, Eden. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, um, I'm sending. I'm sending so much love to you and your family um, as you all you know navigate this time. And I'm sending you all of the protection and just lots and lots of peace for there to just be peace as you as you go through this as you work through this for there to be um, you know m- moments for love that transcends all things and i appreciate you just sharing that and you know being one of the listeners of the podcast it means it, it really really means a lot so to your dad i'm he's i'm giving him two slaps on the chest to say thank you thank you for just continuing and and for showing up in the world every day as who you are um and and you know working through this and you know, making the most of what you can and finding peace in the moments that you have. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that then um, I will go to the interview with Nicole Bahari. Like I said, Miss Juneteenth is an absolute, it's an absolute mood. So we follow the protagonist It's called Turquoise and she was a former beauty, a former beauty queen, um, former Miss Juneteenth. And she's trying to get her daughter Kai to want to be, um, to enter Miss Juneteenth as well. And it's just beautiful how everything is kind of like interwoven because the history of Juneteenth um, as well and what that meant for um, the people, uh, the black people who were formerly enslaved in the US and, you know, certain man finding out two years after it had been proclaimed that they were actually free, the news only reaching them two years after. Um, and, you know, so um, it's it's a really, 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 really gorgeous film. It's And 
I want to say authentic, but it's not like I'm from, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm from there. But it is authentic in like how um, the director chose to kind of like focus and really, really focus on um, making sure that the people who were involved, who, um, you know, as many actors as possible, as many locations as possible, really, really stay true to what was being done there. It's 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 phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So anyway, I'll stop harping on and I'll let you listen to myself and Nicole talking about it. Big fan, big fan of your work. Um, uh, Black Mirror was, oh, was incredible. And so I was so excited when I heard about Miss Juneteenth. And um, you. Yeah, and you just, do, you don't disappoint. You don't miss. You just don't. I don't, I, I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad that you do it. It's, it's phenomenal. Well, don't speak too soon. I got other things coming out. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, 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 let's wait let's wait on that. let's let's wait on that no. exactly. get back to me in about four months you'll be like oh that other one i don't know no that one. i know i have faith i have faith like whatever we get we make the most of but no it's um it's an incredible film it's an incredible film for i feel like what it talks about in terms of the dynamics between women and mother motherhood and like the myth of mother because we get to see these generations of mothers in turquoise's mum and in turquoise as a mum to kai and what that means and through when you were going through that process is that something that you delved into for yourself in terms of like motherhood um yeah i i i i was drawn to it because of the conversation that was happening uh in the script about the generations and what we pass on and what we're attempting to protect you know Mm -hmm. the the next generation from as well as like what we want to provide as you know mother Mm -hmm. um i don't personally have children right now Mm -hmm. but I, I, I know that I want to like protect other artists and like my other family members. And mm-hmm. so I just tried to use, you know, something that actors call like a substitution. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. And then of course there's little ex- exploration in, um, you know, my personal, I drew from women I know yes. um, that are mothers or aunts or grandmothers and just sort of the, the complicated nature I, I find a lot of times in our um, narratives as like people of color, it's, it's, it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's either like completely sort of like derogatory and like, like massive, massive abuse and all that kind of stuff. And you had to like flee for your life and everything, or you have the, like you said, the, the myth of the perfect, you know, ultra Christian, yes. you know, long-suffering mother who never made any mistakes and mama just stay up for everything. My mama's so great. <laughs> um, and I, I was really, I was really drawn to as well as more familiar with, you know, parents that are just people that are also trying to navigate um, their own life while yeah. they're also rearing and raising um, children 
um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's what comes across and that's what I love so much about it. There's complexity and importantly, more importantly, there's nuance. Like you say, we don't have to go to these kind of extremes of archetypes when we are depicting these narratives and these characters, especially when we're looking at mothers, specifically when we're looking at black mothers, because imagine like we don't have to imagine but you know mothering an entire world and and then and then trying to mother yourself and then actually mother your children as well there's a lot there's a lot there that's at at stake I feel for black women Mm -hmm. and and I think that that's what comes across in the narrative And, and we see in both situations I guess um turquoise's daughter looking at her and judging her choices when it's like i had to make these choices to keep you keep food on the table to keep us you know going and then um, turquoise's relationship with her mom and she's looking at her and in some respects judging her um you know her struggles and her obstacles and her challenges that she faces and the in another regard, the mother's looking at their child as if I just want you to be better than me. I want you to be better than this. But in that, in so limiting them, like limiting their capacity to show up as their whole self. So, right. yeah, I, I thought that that was that was really, really interesting there. And one of my favorite lines in the film is um, the American dream there's no American dream for black folks and you know seeing what's playing out around the world with the Black Lives Matter um, movement and the resurgence of that well how does that sit with you especially um you know in the creative industry where we see like lots of transgressions and lots of people speaking out right now artists speaking out about the ways that you know the challenges that they found in the industry I think for uh, you know much of the journey is aspirational mm-hmm. you know um for example, the pageant in and of itself is about a certain kind of assimilation mm-hmm. and aspiration, even though it's, you know, commemorating Juneteenth, which is the, you know, we're, we're at the 155th anniversary of yes. the um, emancipation of the final enslaved people in Gabbleton, Texas, yes. two years after wow. the Emancipation Proclamation. And I think that the reason why I bring that up is because that um, is a parallel and it's, it's kind of like very symbolic with mm. what's happening in the world right now with turquoise with, you know, all, sort of all of us, like there has been a promise of freedom and equality, but it's coming late. Yes. It's like a freedom coming late coming and maybe not even, it hasn't quite arrived, you mm. know, in, 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 in its fullness or um, to its full potential. So I, I, I feel like that's what um, is really beautiful. It's subtle. Cause it's just a piece about, three people really in a neighborhood. Right. Mm. Um, but there's this undercurrent of like, even turquoise thinking that she's fighting for her daughter coming into her own, mm. you know, realizing that she can have her own. Um, if only she were to value the things that are around her and the skills that she already has, you know? Yes. Um, and that to me is huge. And that to me is something that I kind of walked away with is like there are some weird you know uh quirky little tales i want to tell and things about myself that i've always kind of been like eh, nobody's really rocking with that mm. you know um, and i i've had a lot of um you know no's especially with the way that i work um nuance and like wanting to add other colors sometimes when i'm working with 
some directors or mm-hmm. producers, it's like, what are you doing? Like, we don't really, but it's like, if I were such and such actress of a different hue, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't question the complexity or the like, you know, big shift in the character or whatever. You would be like, oh, that was a great choice. But here it's like, we're supposed to be so simple. Yes. And so, you know, like sort of leaning into that um, has been challenging. And sometimes uh, it's, 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 it's created a, a little bit of doubt. But just like Turquoise, like um, respecting what you do and what you have now, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of being on that uh, carrot of or the teat of the aspirational, you know, um, conditioning kind of thing yeah. is kind of where 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 I personally feel like the freedom is at and it's kind of what we're talking about. You know, like if you want to get anywhere, you got to start here. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I and think, so, yeah. yeah, I think that that's it's so uh, like beautiful and incredible that you say that because we are so multifaceted as black women, as actresses, like we are multifaceted. There's so much that we bring to the table um, and we should be able to explore all of those things. But then there is that limit of, oh, no, no, now that you're playing this character, so we're going to um, depict this as a black character. We only want this, you know, one layer from this you. Color. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. your, we don't need you to add any shading. Just you just do it as we've given you this. And then the rest of your community is looking at you like, well, that was a cardboard performance, not knowing what you've wanted to put in. And I think that that is what has struck me so much about the way that you perform, because it's there, whether, um, you know, people might want to direct differently or direct you differently. It's so there, the story, the the many stories that are taking place within the subtext of what you put forward. And I think, you know, I'm looking at that for um, Black Mirror and I'm also looking at that for Miss Juneteenth and I'm looking at the depiction of Turquoise that she's, there are so many aspects to her. Every time there is um what I was charting when I was watching it is every little heartbreak that she has along the way. Like having to make these choices. Do I get the the dress or do I pay the light bill? Um, and having people constantly telling you mm-hmm. about just how much ambition you, you know you have and how great you could be, but only ever fitting into their narrative. So when she's talking with Bacon and he's like, Oh, you could be the first lady of the funeral. What? So I should just be here. Be your support. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge. I mean, in the end, uh, you know, there were people that have been saying, like, she should have just gotten with bacon. Like, Mm. oh, you don't get it. (laughs) You don't get it. You're missing the point. (laughs) Like, yes, in in, in a lot of movies, that would have been the the answer to the problem. It would have been like, oh, happy romance. She found a nicer guy. Prince Charming literally came on a horse Mm -hmm. and swept and created financial stability and all that good stuff but it's like she's after something else you know she's she's after after yeah her own emancipation you know that's when we're looking at the um proclamation um um of the emancipation and we're looking at all of that stuff that this we're seeing um a woman's journey towards freeing herself from all of the generational baggage as well as just the the things and the choices the weight of the choices that she's made for herself I think that that's what we're seeing like playing out and and it's so powerful to like it's so powerful to watch um but yeah I just think that it's interesting that narrative of the nice guy because we're given these choices we're given this choices um between um the father of her child and you know bacon like oh you know oh you know I'm a good guy I'm a good man so I deserve you 
But then what, yeah. what does the what does turquoise deserve? And that was what I kept thinking about, like, what does turquoise, you know, deserve? Are there, we see the final, well, I've seen the final product of all of the, um, of all of this and just the, the journey that you take us on as an actress. Um, were there things that you would have done slightly differently or were there things that you tried one way and you actually thought, mm, no, let's not do that? Well, yeah, I mean, like... I've, I've seen different edits of the film mm-hmm. and it, 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 it reads differently. Of course, you know, just like every project, there were other scenes that were shot like Kendrick and Alexis, um, mm-hmm. Kendrick who played Ronnie, the yes. husband and Alexis Casey who plays the daughter. They had some other scenes, you know, but I think because like, and I mean, amazing, beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because of the pace of the film, some of the scenes were maybe too long, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we ended up losing some material that I, you know, maybe if, if they ever do a DVD cut or I don't know, whatever, <laughs> people, people can see some of their work. But it, it is actually one of the um, one of the things about, you know, being a creative and being of service to a project that's not necessarily your own is you come in and you do what you, you know, you do what you do, you do what you can. Um, and then you have to surrender and just like look forward to whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, um, yeah. So it's kind of like a constant, um, it's kind of like a constant spiritual practice, yes. <laughs> you know, you might be like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like this. And then you're like, oh, this is completely different than what I was expecting, which yeah. happens sometimes um, and can be better than you'd expect it yes. as well. And, 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 and that's happened too. Um, but as far as like playing things differently, um, there were some, you know, uh, more aggressive scenes. And there, there, there was like, like I said, another very large scene with Ronnie, the husband that I, um, I'm, I'm always, and I, 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 like, I always love doing projects. Like, like I did, I did a project called 42, which is a Jackie Robinson biopic with, um, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Yeah. And, um, they also, you know, cut some of the scenes that were between the husband and wife. And I'm so fascinated by seeing black relationships depicted with nuance, yes. specifically romantic ones. Haven't seen that as much. Mm. Um, I'm, I, I feel like we're starting to see more families, uh, you know, even siblings and, you know, mother daughter kind of things and, you know, father son, but husband, wife, um, that's not like older that are navigating things. So that's something I've always wanted to do. And I've always noticed it's always been cut a little bit. So that's the thing. Yeah. And what, why do you think that is? Because I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking, is it, is it because like, think his... about it. all this material we have mm. and there's, it's very rarely that we're seeing like mature conversations happening yeah. on television or, or even in films between to, like you know black people that love each other mm. romantically um it's like a it's rare it's or it's like in the rom-com but it's kind, it's kind of interesting so i'm drawn to projects that 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 do that we did do that channing godfrey people who who's a writer director mm-hmm. wrote it and created that platform for it but i don't think um i think you know in order for the story to make sense and to be within a decent time we had to get rid of some of that stuff mm. um but yeah those 
those are my only thoughts about that question. And I hope I'm not, I hope, I hope my answer doesn't offend anybody. I hope they're not. (laughs) My my podcast. Oh gosh. (laughs) No, (laughs) they, they will absolutely love this because it is a discussion that needs to happen because we are wondering like, where are, um, where are these relationships? We want them reflected back to us. And is it a case of people thinking mainstream audiences don't care about black love? Like they don't, want to see yeah. it which isn't <laughs> true because pe- there's a, there's an appetite for it people wanting to be reflected back to themselves and to know that it's okay to navigate you know like you say I think it's so interesting that you mention the older generation because they'll show us that and be like oh I've been with him for 65 years and we've just you know everyone makes mistakes and we just work through it but I would I would have liked to see what that looked like what what those days that you just absolutely didn't want to see each other and the days when you you know we love the hell out of each other because everything happens in, you know, peaks and troughs when it comes to relationships. So why aren't black people afforded the same platform to explore these things? And then for it to make it all the way through edits and make it onto the final stages. Exactly. Yeah. And actually I'm, I'm thinking of one person. I actually had a conversation with her about some of this was, uh, Mara Braca kills. Yes. Did, like girls in the game and things like that. Yeah. Like she, uh, she's one of the creatives that has, been uh like a pioneer of how of having those conversations you know be available to us but it's kind of kind of rare when you think of the amount of content that's out there um so yeah it's a thing i'm working on it (laughs) i trust i trust that i trust that i think that that's why i found queen sugar so interesting but queen sugar was yeah because it gave us a glimpse of something and i and i wanted and i wanted more of that we don't have that in the uk i'll tell you that from now but it, it would be you know great to just yeah well i mean you more. do though you have some brilliant stuff like i'm obsessed with i may destroy you i was I'm actually like, gonna mention that as well when we were talking about layers and characters that we're allowed to explore yeah. as black um, women and actors and stuff i was going to mention that because that's the first time i feel like for a very long time in terms of british uh work that that's been allowed to be explored but that's also because there was a partnership with HBO so that allowed for space for for that shading for that for the complexities and the uh, con- contradictions and the tensions for that to be um, portrayed on TV but it's interesting when people then wrote um, newspaper articles about it there was a specific um, person um, a white person who wrote um, oh um, you know they're not just black people they're humans too and I was like it's what what what, what what is this but it, for for a lot of people it was like black people have emotions like tender ones raw ones this is amazing so no i may destroy you has changed the game a lot like yeah man. So. that is that's art and risk taking and i was just like i'm 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 in awe of michaela cole but also everyone that's sort of a part of it everyone that stepped in and so there's not I didn't see any wrong notes. I was like, I'm with it. And my, you know, my family, my, my, uh, my mom is from Jamaica, but grew up in England. So we have a lot of family. in England too, wow. So it's like, yeah. So I'm like actually familiar. It wasn't like a cultural lesson. I was like, Oh, they're my people. Mm. You know, like I was like, I ever get to see that. <laughs> like, wow. what? Yeah. You know? And then I also, I also lived in Nigeria as a child, like when I was very young. So what? I have a lot of there too. Yeah. So everything about like the, the like diaspora that we see mixed in the islands and in other colonies, like where you live in at, <laughs> 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 like, you know, like, 
all of us who were affected by colonialism, um, it's nice to now see, um, you know, what sort of came of that and all the different ways that like our culture manifests and, 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 you know, like even down to them just eating, I don't know if that was of the last episode, but them like preparing the like jollof rice and, yes. and, and like waiting for the father to come. I'm like, I know, you know, a lot of sisters that were at my church that were like that, like, like, like their fathers lived in Ghana still or whatever. And then mm. they would come and it'd be like, you'd be waiting for them. So just like really interesting because it's a whole subset or a whole, you know, mm-hmm. different cultures, not just one culture because it's not a monolith. Yes. But it's like, you know, something that is only now being depicted and only really from like one person's point of view. Yes. Like that's insane when you consider again, all of the content and how general it, you know, general it can be. And I think that's the other thing about Juneteenth is um, Channing's storytelling is specific to, Mm -hmm. this is not like, Oh, we're from the South general South. This is Fort Worth, Texas, her community, you yeah. know, her celebration, the pageant that she grew up um, going to, you know, most of the people that we were acting with, other than Kendrick Sampson and Lex Chikazi, mm-hmm. were local. Uh, uh, like, locals, like, for real, like, we're in the bar and they're just sitting there. And they're wow. like, can we stay? Like, okay, <laughs> that's what we're doing, <laughs> you know. Um, which was really beautiful to see that kind of community. Um, I live in, I live in Brooklyn. I mean, I have lived in the South, but Mm -hmm. I live in New York and I do have a community, but community that's been there for generations and generations. And that knows your aunt and your great, great grandmother and, and and everybody knows each other. That's fascinating to me. Um, so that's what I kind of like stepped into. And again, it was very specific, Channing knew specifically like what we needed to sound like and how those people in the community moved and, 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 and sort of behave. Um, and I just feel like more of that, you know, yeah. like I made for you like Atlanta by Donald Glover, yes. like all of these very specific depictions kind of help. Um, I don't even want to say like, it, it, well, like you said, it, 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 it kind of makes me cringe to humanize us yeah like, yeah because you're like we're right. already human but i think like but yeah. if we if we don't see ourselves in that way then we don't know and i i feel like this is great because of the specificity um of it we're creating it essentially for ourselves we want to see all of the different ways that we exist and all of the quirks within our various communities but still knowing that this term um overarching term of blackness kind of amalgamizes us and 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 makes brings us together but within that a myriad you know different experiences exist within that and i just think that that's what's so incredible about it and like you said there are so many different perspectives so imagine if we had funding to just show as many different uh, incredible perspectives that we haven't considered because sometimes the thing is there's so much content there is a funding it's just what there's so much content yeah i had to check myself Uh, it's actually sort of like it's 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 strange that it doesn't exist when you really think about it wow we've gotten so used to it's almost like Say you live in the islands of Florida or something, and you have mango and and muscadines and lychee growing in your backyard, but you're still buying like Kool Aid or whatever, and like <laughs> eating like fruit snacks yeah. from Costco. It's like it's right there, yeah, and we're just okay with it. 
it's the same okay with Nigeria. With it's the same with Nigeria. Like I'll go and seeing everyone trying to have certain things that are very, very like Western. And I'm just like, right. but you have such a great things over here. But I understand the, you know, the, the and what the, the impact of globalization and what it means and what's put out to us mostly is, I guess, essentially white America. And that's what's so amazing about Miss Juneteenth that we get well, to see a specific community. Again, I was like, it's all aspirational. That's the way to keep people, you know, moving in the direction that you prescribe, you know. And again, that's kind of what ends up, I I don't know, like, I don't want to ruin it for people, but she comes into her own by claiming some things that she already has. She already is a a master of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that whatever that means for you in your life, you know, whether it's your family or your religion or your writing or that project that you want to do is like, you know, there's a lot of joy to be had and opportunity with what you actually have rather than sort of, it's like you, we, we can't even have power if it's not coming from your core and mm. your spine, mm-hmm. you know, a strong foundation. So yeah. I hear you, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so gla- I'm so grateful that we've had this chance to talk, and I know our time is coming to an end. But like you said about aspiration, I wanted to kind of just touch briefly on hope, and we have hope that an entire universe exists within us and like um, turquoise she taps into it by the end and it doesn't have to look a particular way for everybody else it's what it means to her and where she finds her power and for you as you know Nicole what how where do you see your hope where do you see your hope and and that power taking you in the next I guess year I don't see us you know <laughs> no, crafting something but just in the immediate sense where is hope and your the power that you have in hope taking you next you know during this uh sort of more quarantine quiet life mm-hmm. um had a lot of time to sort of reset I had already been resetting in a way for like the last four years like a lot of change has been happening Mm -hmm. but then this massive like gap almost like six months of just taking stock of everything I'm hopeful because I think that um things that we never had imagined in the negative sense have Mm -hmm. come to fruition right Mm -hmm. but that also means that all of, of, of the positive things that we imagine exist in that same um uh Space of, of 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 potential, yes, right? Yeah. So, so so that they too can come to fruition if we do the work and um, uh, you know, continue to dream bigger and like not and, and I I think I said this earlier as well. Like one of the things that Turquoise does in this is she um has a very narrow vision for what her daughter should be and how she can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I think there's a lot of hope in expanding our horizons, our worlds, our minds. Everything has changed so much. Like, yeah, you might have a goal, but maybe there's another way of getting there. And maybe your goal was too small. Maybe your goal wasn't even, or maybe it was the the right size, you know, but just like playing around with what's possible um, and not putting the reins, like take the reins off and fuck the carrot. Don't run after the carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Go for your heart. Yes. Yes. Just just go for your heart. That's going to be the title of this episode. I think when I put it out, it's going to be go for your heart because that is a word is it is like the freedom. I should probably say freedom for for, uh, Juneteenth. But yeah. Mm, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Whatever freedom is like for you. 
I really appreciate this conversation, Kalechi, and thank you for say, for saying all those kind things about my uh, work. I just uh, I just say the truth. Ahead. I just say the truth. You can, <laughs> you can go ahead and uh, follow up on 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 the gram or whatever after you see this other stuff, and you're like, asshole. <laughs> I don't know. No, yes, I know. I know it'll be sick. I know it'll be sick. And I, I'm, I'm ready for it because I know that you'll bring something. You'll bring something unique to it, whatever it is. I am, my whole entire soul is ready. But no, thank you so much, Nicole. It's an absolute honor and just pleasure to, to have spoken with you today. The pleasure is mine, honestly. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank bye. You. Told you, Nicole's a babe. I didn't even know. I did not even know that she lived in Nigeria for a bit when she was younger. Like the things that you discover about people, honestly, it's amazing. And Jollof Rice, that's the second American interview that I've done that they've talked to me about Jollof Rice. Boop, boop, boop. Whenever, whenever they want to show their Nigerian or African, it's always Jollof Rice. I love it. But it's a common thing. So it's one, it's one of those things slubbed around the world. So Yeah. You big up yourself, Jollof Rice, man. Big up yourself. You're just out here. International. We, we we love to see it. So cool. All right. I'm going to um, cut to um, bigging up our show sponsors for this week then. Better help and I'll see you in a tick. So as I mentioned, this week's uh, podcast sponsor, this episode sponsor is Better Help. That's Better H-E-L-P. Um, like, are you the kind of person watching your husband sleeping next to you or your partner sleeping next to you and they're calling out Jolene's name? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want someone to talk to about it? You know, is Jolene interfering with your happiness? No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever is preventing you from achieving your goals, um, BetterHelp will help to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So you can start communicating in under 48 hours, which is the amount of time that your husband's probably using to try to holler at Jolene and being or very, Joseph. oh Joseph, and being very <laughs> unsuccessful. So um, it's not a crisis line. It's not um, self-help. It is a professional counselling service done um, securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. So if it's a 2 a.m. thing, um, you can holler whenever and they'll get back to you in a timely, uh, with a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions with them so you won't ever have to sit in uncomfortable waiting rooms with everyone looking up in your face like with traditional therapy. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So if you're not vibing, with your counsellor, you can change them at any time for free. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available as well. BetterHelp just wants you to start living your happiest life today. Visit their website and read some testimonials if you want to. I don't know if you'll see anything from um, Dolly Parton there, but you know, talking about Jolene. But um, yeah, visit betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. That's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an um, mental health, with a mental health, with the help of an experienced professional. In, and yeah, you've got a special offer for being a Say Your Mind listener that you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. So get to it. Okay, now let's go on to So You Mad. So this week on So You Mad, we said like, well, we wanted to touch on John Boyega and the Joe Malone thing, but yeah, I think like people have like talked that to death. 
Yeah, a little bit. And it's, he's, he's left now and then they kind of gave a, a, a soggy apology and then that was it. But I'm just glad he's left. I don't really have much to say about that situation. I'm just glad he's left. I wasn't, to be fair, I wasn't surprised because mm. I think we all know that they're quite racist over there. Was it was it in China? Specifically? Yes, China. Yeah. yeah, we know that they're quite racist over there. But the yeah. fact that you would use his own idea—that's that's what got me—and then not remunerate him for it, or at least holler at him, and be like, "Oh, hey, John, babe." So we're gonna use this idea because you know that what you're doing is shameful. Yes, you know that you're acquiescing to the racist whims of China yes. and the Chinese market, and you don't want to address that. Right. Say it with your chest, right. John. And if you can't put a black person on TV in China, don't operate in China then. The, Right, but yes. no, you you lot still want your money. They will. And then it's, it's, it's funny because Joe Malone actually sold the company. The actual person, Joe Malone, mm-hmm. sold the company, what, back in 2007 or something like that. She was in the news and she was said that she was disgusted. I'm just like, really? Are you? You probably would have done the same thing right. maybe if you were still part of it. But yeah, let's just, let's just go with that. No, I, yeah, it really, really just annoyed me. The fact that it was actually his idea. It wasn't like you had him as an ambassador and you like, he directed it. He came up with the concept, everything. And then you just took everything and went and put another person. Just whacked another person on there. And it's so weird because when you look at the original ad with him, there's soul in it. There's, there's, there's a story to it. You know, a story that I guess me and you would understand. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So it's just. And then they 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 tried to convert it into this Chinese thing, and they was just like, well, no, it's just it's lost all of that soul, it's lost all of that meaning. Uh, I I I'm glad that he said I don't have time for nonsense. I yeah. said yeah, and it's it's good to see him talking up a bit more as well. Like we were saying earlier, I thought when you're locked into all these contracts, you can't really say much. Yeah, but when those contracts are up, it's like well, <sighs> gonna let that chopper sing. There we go. Yeah, no, it's it, it, I'm glad that he's speaking. But some people, their contracts have been up for many years and they're still they're not still speaking there, too. because they're hoping another contract will come along. But show people who you are, so then the things that come to you are more aligned to you. Like yes. people are stressing for him, watching his pocket, like oh. Should you be speaking out this much because you know you don't you want to wait till you get bigger but and you're in a better position before nobody knows tomorrow. No. The only time I have is now. I have to speak my truth now because I do not know tomorrow. Mm. And I know that if I'm living as I should, God will provide for me, you know. Like God will provide for me, but I need to show up as who I fully am because I'm not gonna keep thinking, oh, I'll wait till the next moment before I speak. I'll wait till the next moment before I speak. I'm not guaranteed that fucking next moment, but I know I have this one. So I can tell you about your clock right now. And it's not every day arms out. Like I don't have to come and like start dragging everyone and, you know, kicking and effing and blinding. I can tell you in a loving way to go suck your mother. <laughs> yeah, in a, loving, in a loving way, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a loving way, but I see what you mean. <laughs> Had I the heavens embroidered in cloth, suck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, you, there are just ways that you can go about asserting your boundaries that are loving. And if people don't like it, they don't like you at the end of the day. Okay. And, you know, you have to go where your truth can be celebrated. Agreed. So, um, yeah, so we saw that. But the, um, the thing that got me was this white chocolate. Oh, no. The in, white chocolate guy. Yeah. Right. So then... How, what, what's the story so this one is um what what do we call the the you know the carnival the carnival get-ups the carnival get-up no, like, you know what the, the when they're playing mass yeah yeah the yeah. mass costume yeah that's it mass yeah, costumes yeah. yeah so there's this guy you know he takes part in carnival he does all the mass costumes and everything he went on to i can't remember the name of the show but he went on to the show and explained that he felt like he paved the way yes for black people to um basically wine and that's those are the words that he used yeah to 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 do that of whining and then 
obviously it caused a lot of controversy but even before we even get into the controversy my man's name is white chocolate yeah my man's name is white chocolate which is quite offensive but then when you then go when you kind of dig a little bit deeper so then you dig deeper and you look at his avi on instagram and you see it's a picture of a a a cartoon of a black girl Mm -hmm. and a white chocolate whining on the black girl yeah and you're just thinking to yourself we've and then you also you dig a little bit deeper you find out that my man has 160,000 followers yes on Instagram. Y- yeah yeah we have failed yeah we and have as people yeah yeah we failed. and that's and i feel like it's just i want to be able to say oh yeah he's this he's this he's that i feel like it's more of an in-house conversation where it's like how do we let people how do we let white people come into our spaces and make their whiteness the the thing yes do you get what I mean? Because, I but, but, but it's because whiteness, they do a lot, but. but whiteness is always the thing though. That's, that's the issue with like white supremacy. Like it's always the thing. So their show is called, um, the four, eight series. It's like okay. a round table, um, conversation. Um, and yeah, so they're on there talking about the, I think the general theme is talking about black lives matter moving forward. And they covered, a, um, quite a few subjects. I didn't feel comfortable with the, I think he's the pastor or whoever talking about, um, they were trying to address Christianity and he was just like, yeah, but we can't keep talking about Christianity being something that was brought by the white man because, you know, there was a Christianity in um, Africa, in Ethiopia that predates um, a lot of these things. But are you practicing um, Ethiopia? Are you practicing that one? <laughs> Is that the one that you're practicing? Right. Because you're chatting shit. Right. Yeah. Are you practicing that one? You lot need to go and call your Song of Hills guy and tell him to like pattern they, up. They just get things wrong and they just always try and twist things. Always me. trying to twist things. But it's just like, no, you have to accept that this brand of, you know, this brand of whining, this brand of Christianity, <laughs> all of it's fucked. White. All of it's fucked. Right. All of it is fucked because it's based on whiteness and always exalting whiteness. That is the problem. So don't talk to me about, oh, well, Christianity was in Ethiopia, um, Ethiopia, um, rare, 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 Ethiopia is mentioned in the Bible. But is that the one that you're practicing? No. 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 So shut up. You're praying to white Jesus. When you think of Jesus, you think of a white exactly. Jesus. Exactly. So don't talk to me about any of that. I don't want to hear it. It's a bullshit argument. Like, come, come, come correct. Definitely. This guy was allowed to thrive. He was, he was, he even felt comfortable. You can also tell he kind of choked up a bit before he said that. So I think he thought to himself, oh, what am I no, about to you, say? No, you could see that he was playing it back in his head <laughs> yeah. and he was like, oh, I fucked it. I yeah. fucked it. And at that point, and all the facial expressions. And then, but we'll get onto his apology or his statement, his yeah. iOS press release in a bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to me, like and it's an interesting thing for me because i've always said on this show how i feel about a lot of these things i wouldn't have gotten um started with the studio had it not been for when i said to that studio in manchester that i want to come through and teach a twerk class and she was like oh i don't enjoy your style of twerk i find it basic that is how violent white people are Mm. when they are taking something and then you're trying to come in and collaborate with them to at least balance it out they lash out because you know you can't dance Mm -hmm. you know that you couldn't even find a beat in what you were doing but i've come graciously now i haven't even called any of that out i've just come graciously and said i'm doing these workshops all over the place if you were truly about that twerking life you'd be like let's bring in another person to see the technique that they're bringing to the table but instantly you started moving mad and getting rude because you didn't know whom's i am right Oh, but she sure found out. And you sure found out, but then now you're sending emails after or sending messages afterwards talking about, um, I'm getting a lot of haters on my YouTube page. I wouldn't, I wonder if you happen to know anything about it. Haters. And then she ended the whole thing saying, oh, everyone should be able to be able to dance how they like. I'm going to dance to Taylor Swift and shake it off or whatever she, the fuck she wrote. 
on her page that time because people went and dealt with her yeah. but that's what needs to be happening we all need to come together and, and deal read with and deal people. with these people yes but yes yes and then you and it, 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 we, we, st- we need to stop being so fascinated because it's even when okay so I thought to myself I'd never heard of this person before you you we agreed you never heard of this person white chocolate before I knew of him from Tim Westwood's page okay because oh, Tim Westwood always repost him I'm stretching my eye <laughs> you can never make I, this up anyways so never knew about this person before and then I thought, okay, let me just go and have a look at the videos. Maybe the whining might be... Maybe the whining is superior. Maybe you, you, you never know. Any stiff wine. Oh, it's literally... The same wine over and over again. What are we, th- what are we doing? What are we thinking? Like, so the this? moment a white person can sort of hold rhythm... Can that's sort, it. That's it. They get 160,000 followers. The bar? It, oh. it can't get any lower. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It just can't get any lower. And I just think, like, there are, there's probably a, a black guy out there that really wants to be known for mass dancing and whining and stuff like that. But when you're looking at him, because he's black. Yeah. Literally, and we expect him to be able to do that. Exactly. That is the expectation when there are so many black people that can't dance. <laughs> Me first as well. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I'm, people like, you know, we also need to be represented. Yes. <laughs> With black Those, people that can't dance. They, they matter too, you know? Like, we have to have that all up in the conversation. And the number of black people that come to me, they're like, Fletcher, I don't know how to dance. Like, and I'm like, cool, I'll help with that. But it's the fact that, again, it's the stereotypes of us that, like, it's not that they're untrue, it's that they're incomplete, like mm-hmm. Chimamanda and Gozi Adichie said. It's the fact that these things are incomplete. And we have, there has to be space for everybody. But the moment that you see a black person, oh, I bet you can dance. Well, no. Like, no. No, I dance um, the words, not even the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I am a very terrible dancer. You know? And then the, the white chocolate guy, he's not, he's not an amazing dancer. I just, I just don't get what it is. I really don't get what it is. I don't get how in this day and age, people like him are still comfortable profiting off blackness because that is literally all you are doing mm-hmm. you are profiting off blackness and then when he finishes doing that wine in the carnival mm-hmm. he will go back home to his white house yes he will you know he will change his accent when he's talking to mummy yes and and, 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 and what gets me is that they will definitely be around the casual racism oh. casual racism in their oh. household i'm sure they never call oh. it out but you're happy the fact that you called yourself white chocolate means that you are aware that your whiteness is the selling point here go. because That's without that you, without that what, you've are got, you? what are you and what gets me is that white chocolate doesn't even have any cocoa <laughs> so if we're, if we're gonna really really go there white chocolate does not have any cocoa oh, so, so it's that. not really chocolate, chocolate really no. is it so it's a fake it's it's, it's an imposter it's that and it will always be an imposter there's no cocoa in it it's, it's literally just sugar and what the fuck milk or something yes. and this is what i was saying to you before about like you know when people were inviting white people when black people were inviting white people to the cookout you invite white people to the cookout and they start making suggestions on how things should be made could you make that potato salad a little bit differently it's just a, it's a little bit spicy this is little- what we are experiencing <laughs> right now and i just i cringe i scrim I cringe and I scream because I just, I hate every aspect of it. And it really upsets me because we saw Miley Cyrus do it. We saw Pink do it. We saw Christina Aguilera do it. Like people, everyone's profiting from blackness except for black people, specifically black women, black women. Because when black women have been leading the charge on whining, 
you know, in the Caribbean islands for, for centuries. And then if we're talking about, oh, professionally, for decades, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're talking about recent history, yeah, mm-hmm. for decades, but not getting the recognition that they deserve. Royal G is out there whining, to the, whining for the gods. That woman is incredible. And I love watching her videos. Um, she's out there dancing, but she's not getting, probably making the money that you're making as a white man doing your one, your one version of your wine. The same one over and over, over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's, it's that sense of entitlement as well. But I've always said it on this um, podcast, like white people are aware, whether the, however much they try to pre- pre- um, pretend, they're aware of the value that whiteness holds oh, in yes. a lot of spaces, especially within black spaces. That's why you've got Oyinbo Princess or whatever the fuck she calls herself. The one that speaks pigeon. Right. Why did you put that? Why do you have to specify your whiteness? Because you know that your whiteness is the thing. Mm-hmm. Without that, with you're just what, speaking, what are you? What, what are you doing? doing? You know, what you're doing isn't actually amazing. And actually, even though even with you being white, what you're doing isn't actually amazing. You're telling us that you can learn the language, right? Right. And then you're eating. Ah, look at me as I they eat my and uh, my pounded jam for here. Y'all fuck off, mate. <laughs> fuck off. Like I hate all of it. Now someone might be like, oh, but Kalechi, you've got a white woman teaching soca v dance hall workouts at your studio. Yeah. Magdalena, that's something you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh about. yeah, well, I didn't and know yeah, and the thing is, Magdalena, she understands my stance on all of this. Like mm-hmm. you do Actually, what, dance. yeah. Mm-hmm. But even with you dancing, there is there are levels. Yeah, there are always levels. Yeah. And so you know yourself where you are. But the moment that you even open your mouth and you start trying to tell me how this should and shouldn't be, she knows I don't run them things there. I don't play that. Mm-hmm. So. They, these lot wanted a Soka V dance hall class. You were available. Nobody else showed um, interest that they wanted to teach it. All right, you teach it. Yeah. But make it clear all the time that you are a visitor. You are a guest in that space. Even and as which, a teacher. As a teacher, and which Magdalena does. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll make it clear, like, oh, I just really enjoyed this dance form, and I tried to teach it as authentic as I can. She's German. Um, Magdalena's <laughs> <laughs> Polish. She's Polish heritage, but she was, uh, she was raised in Germany. Oh, okay. So she's, yeah, so... Yeah, she'd probably be like, I'm Polish. Oh, but yeah, yeah but that, that was my German accent, yeah. of Magdalena. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, so she's teaching and it's about having those conversations. Like, but if I had a choice, if there was a, if there was, um, if there was a choice to be made of who was going to teach that class and a black woman was there and she was ready to teach and she understood it and you she had every, her. I'll choose her. Yeah. I would choose her. I would and like, Magdalena would understand. She would have to understand. Of course. You know, it, 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 to me, that is it's really, really that simple. The money always goes to the originators first. Mm-hmm. If they're like, oh, I'm not available, leave me a voicemail, then I'd be like, all right, you can come through since you love it so much. You sure. come and do what you're doing. What's available, sure. I right. Tell, I, I tell but the true. moment that you start trying to put rules and regulations in place, that's when I will tell you about your clerk. Fair. And, right. and so, th- yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, that, that there has to be that balance. Because the moment you start talking about these things, idiotic people will start going... So are you saying that white people should never twerk and should never look at it? Fuck if off. that's what you got from it, then you specifically, <laughs> as a white person, never twerk and never do any of those things. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I think that's the problem. You're too scared to say it. I would say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, how did you get that from everything I've just right. said? Do you get me? Like, because it, uh, unless you're saying, oh... It's all white people should be able to do this or do this and that. That's all they hear. Yeah. That you're telling us not to do it. Yeah. 
yeah and it's that sense of entitlement again so i just looked at that whole thing and i can understand the rage and i understand from what people have said that he's allegedly like stolen a lot of like logos um routines things from the thing lo- is, when you're in that position you start stealing from people that you don't even know yeah you don't even know that you've stolen it from someone yeah because you're just operating in a circle that is you should not be operating and i'm sorry yeah and not yeah. as hard you shouldn't be going in as hard as, look if you enjoy whining as a white person it should just be something you enjoy when you're on the night out you should not be capitalizing on yeah I, I don't i just don't believe it and then you're making mer- merchandise you're making all of these things it's just like why they, what are I you th- doing but then for? it's it's how they're taking um they're taking things uh, that they understand, but they understand the disparity in the power dynamics. But, you know, when I go to Jamaica, they welcome me there. But look at the socioeconomic positioning of Jamaica and why they have to w- and welcome you there. Look at the history of Jamaica. Look at the history of okay. Trinidad. Look at the, um, the history of Barbados and all of the islands, the Caribbean islands. Look at why they had to fucking welcome you there in the first place, because you still have such a hold. Your whiteness still has such a hold in these areas that they created an entire like dance kind of industry for you so you guys could come and learn the dances you get a certificate then you go back to europe or wherever the fuck you're from and then you start teaching and you're saying that you're a qualified dance hall queen or you're qualified dance hall teacher <laughs> qualified dance hall queen <laughs> right you know like you, you start they had to give you something so there could be some kind of transaction taking place mm-hmm. because there has to be an industry for people to make money and they know that that's what you lot come there for yes and that's i'm so glad you you got there like it's literally always about money yeah if whiteness entering black spaces didn't imply money yeah you would not be welcomed yeah the way that you will be you'll get a true welcome in yeah you, know, really you would not be welcomed in that way that's why when you go to africa you see them but you see all the the black workers they'll fund you they yeah, do yeah. whatever because you're going to tip them heavy yes yeah you're going to tip them heavy so and that's know. what's that's I guess that's what's just so sad about it. I don't want to I don't want to make out like this white chocolate guy has has gone and now done some well he's obviously said some terrible things but I don't want to make out like he's now gone and done something extra and done all this done all that no he probably probably is an okay person probably is an all right lad but at the end of the day what he's doing is wrong and if he if he has any respect for black people he will stop doing it immediately but he won't. Because there are also other black people who are saying to him, I don't see the problem with it. People are enjoying our culture. We should let them enjoy our culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're enjoying your culture and profiting off it in a way that you will not. You're still vilified and denigrated for doing those same dance moves, but they can come and do it and they can make a big old name for themselves. I act like those people don't exist. I know that there's black naysayers, but I just... I just act like they don't exist. I'm sorry. But it's the only way I could operate in this world. Because if it's like, if I ever met one of them when I'm saying <laughs> something to you and you're telling me, like, oh, well, as a black person, I'm not offended. I can't imagine me not slapping you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> After I just said what I've said. So I, I like to I like to keep myself in a nice little bubble where all the black people around, they agree with me. We're all on the same page. Yeah. If I take myself out of that bubble, I won't be able to survive. I'm vexed. <laughs> you know, like what I always find funny is like, you know, when you see something that is really pissing you off, but you see that one of your followers has liked it. Ooh, like one of the people you followed times, yeah. oh i hate that yeah that's, but, that's the worst one when it's like a really stupid comment and it's like someone has retweeted it onto my timeline yeah. and i know and i'm just like Ooh. because this statement that he put out one of the people i follow has actually liked it and i'm like are you all right is everything okay at home but um come and check ratio he's got 3783 likes on this statement that he's put out but he's got 6142 comments Ooh, you know what we're calling that now <laughs> you know people are saying that yo you got ratios <laughs> <laughs> i like it 
<laughs> that's a nice, that's a decent ratio. Ooh, Ooh. He's there cooking him. For food. But I just, I feel like even the cooking's a bit performative because a lot of you lot that are cooking him, you lot knew about him. I did not know. I think it's strange how this guy can have 160,000 followers and me not know about him. I'm not trying to make out like I know about everyone. But yeah, it's just, but it's also the you're kind of- within black stuff. I should know, right? Yeah, but if you're not into Soka and like oh, things okay. like that, like you're not, you're not- Maybe really, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, you wouldn't I have a clue. You wouldn't really crazy. know about A him. lot of you guys knew about him. So don't try but to then, jump in these comments now start bashing him because you were supporting what he was doing. Nah, the thing is a lot of people have been calling him out for ages, but it's okay. the fact that people will jump to his defense and be like, oh, you're just hating. Why can't people celebrate our culture? But it's now when he went and fucked it. Said it himself. Yes, yes. Okay, that's when okay. now, that's when people are like, come and see, did we not tell you before? Right. You didn't want to hear it. Come and see what they he's done now. They always show themselves. Always, they always. always show themselves. So he said, so I'm sure most of you, this is not the way that you should start any statement. So I'm sure most of you have seen a clip of me from 4.8's BLM roundtable video already. I just wanted to release the statement to explain myself and just ask that you take time to hear me out. When I said pave the way, I didn't mean pave the way for other people to whine. What I meant was um, that in a way I'm creating opportunities or at least trying to for others to do what I do. That being an influencer, not just whining, by showing that influencers can be a great tool to promote your brand. In my experience, I found that influencers aren't as common in the Caribbean as other places like the UK and US. And in turn, a lot of brands don't see the benefits of promoting your brand through someone that just that has a large social media following. A lot of carnival brands, uh, sorry, a lot of carnival bands and brands that I've approached to work with didn't at first see the value of influencer marketing. So you were going into their spaces to ask for money. Okay, cool. Um, it was only after I explained how influencers can be a great way to effectively reach your target market directly and improve brand awareness through fun and engaging posts that they saw the usefulness of someone who has a considerable social media following. And I'm not here saying I'm the only one that's doing this, but one of the many contributors to normalizing doing this as a profession the way the video was edited putting me saying i'm a white guy that can whine directly before me saying i'm paving the way made it seem as if um, as though i'm i was saying i'm the first person to ever whine and that i'm paving the way for others to do the same when this is definitely not what i meant to address the part where I said brand it, I instantly took it back and realized that wasn't a good choice of words to explain what i meant i then corrected what did you say i then corrected if I lost myself um where's the branding I've lost where he yeah um I then corrected myself and and said turn it into something that can be a profession and like I said before there have been many people before me to do the same thing but I believe there is still a lack of opportunities for people to progress as an influencer in a Caribbean scene it was never my intention to take Caribbean culture out of context and claim it to be my own or to have been the first to do anything and anywhere um, I go or anyone that I speak to, I always give credit where credit is due. I want to finish by sincerely apologizing to anyone that I have offended. I can see how the combination of my choice of words and the editing could come across as though I was claiming to be the first person to whine or to be the only influencer in a carnival scene contributing to the co pro progression of Caribbean culture. But this was definitely not the case and was not what I meant. I'm truly upset with the situation and how the video came across. And I pray that you guys can forgive me for my choice of words. No. <laughs> no. So I want to go to, I don't even know where to start. So Right? You, it's it's you, an absolute pile of shit. Right. So is it that we they edited it wrong? Oh, oh. So you're blaming somebody else. You said the wrong word that you took it back like you admitted you did. Uh, okay. I don't even, I, I don't, look, he knew what he was doing. And I feel like this situation has allowed him, I think it's kind of magnified just how bad 
it's he's just how bad what he's doing has been mm-hmm. like, in terms of and you kind of look at it and he says that oh he's paving the way he's doing all of this when i go on your instagram i don't see any black businesses i don't see you promoting black people i see you promoting yourself topless doing your mass your mass dancing yeah what are you what are you paving the way for yeah who are, what black people are you mentoring yeah what black community communities in the caribbean and jamaica wherever are you now using that money to go and give back like what are you actually doing you are it's, it's all self-serving yes everything he's doing is self-serving and if we didn't pick up on this video he would have continued yep down the path that he was that he was on even how the black woman is the one that's in the picture you know the logo really that's what I was seeing. no i know but it, you know when you really really look at it, it really rubs me up the wrong way because it's again how people commodify black women's bodies as a way of promoting themselves yes. because why didn't you whine on a white woman there why not why oh, because we know be proper wine oh. right okay so you understand that you need black bodies for it to be a thing specifically black women's yes. bodies specifically yes. black women's bodies all of you need the proximity to black women's bodies in order to have any legitimacy with whatever the fuck that you are doing same with twerking same with dance whatever the fuck it is you need white black women to be present so you can be the antithesis to black women right and therefore make money because you are viscerally aware whether you admit it or not you are aware of the positioning of black women within society so you know that you need them for legitimacy but at the same time you know that they're not getting the credit that they deserve mm-hmm. so you will use them as a springboard to do what you're doing yes you perfectly said if he's really sorry he'll stop doing what he's doing right he'll stop doing what he's doing stop stop for posting videos of you mass dancing no more if, and if you want to go to the carnival go there by yourself and you guys enjoy yourself no more branding as yourself as a carnival dance or anything like that that's if you're truly truly sorry oh i hate it even looking at the wine sometimes he looks like he's convulsing it's just <laughs> it's just wild it's just like just, just, just get out but here, a lot of people have had something to say about his logo and who he took it from and whatever whatever i just yeah like you said like there's nothing about his page that actually shows that you are you give credit where credit is due i also okay. don't like that statement yeah. where credit, the credit has always been due yeah. the credit is overdue you to give it for, right. it for it to be just like do you know what i mean we did not need you to give it And then credit. you now have to center your feelings that you're very upset with how the situation don't turned care. out. It's not... Don't care. Just who, don't care about who it. Who gives a shit? Honestly. <laughs> who gives a shit? What are you upset about? Stop. Like, go. just go do other things. Literally. Look, I, I, it's like, it's so funny when, you know, white people are operating in black spaces, you call them out and they get upset like there is nothing <laughs> else in the world that they can do. I'm just like, fam, do you not understand being a, being white is like having that golden ticket from the God, Charlie, um, Charlie Chocolates factory. Like, you can do anything yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. But, but you so want to do this one. You want to do this one. Yeah. This thing. And take and colonize this space. Yes. So, that, so that's what lets me know that, you know, history is always around us. That colonizer blood yep. is well and truly still within a flowing. lot of you. It's still flowing. Nah, in I. A lot of you. Because I, it's that mentality. Like, just go off, go on, do something else. You'll be fine. But you know that if you create your own thing, it wouldn't bang. So you have to be doing this thing. You have to be centered on blackness. So you can, there can be, so it can be compared. Oh, look how well they do it. That's why I never really post videos. I I don't think I've ever posted videos of little white girls. You know, there's that video of that little white girl dancing to Afro beats or whatever. I didn't repost it because I was just like, okay, it's great. She's done a great job, but okay. All right. I I, I stopped doing, I want to say maybe about four or five years ago, something clicked to me and I was just like, I'm not, you're not going to see me 
even when they're doing like even when I see white people and they're speaking Yoruba and I'm not gonna lie to you the Yoruba's even impressive yeah you won't really see me bigging it up like no. that because it's just okay well done for? yeah cool you like people learn, learn Mandarin all the time people exactly. learn Spanish and French all the time exactly. okay cool you see black people speaking Korean Chinese they don't get any any right but then we should be grateful because someone's taking time to look at us so we should celebrate I don't have time I'm not celebrating anyone celebrate yeah, me okay. god damn it Fair but right. no that's that for um so you mad anyway so straw of the week aka suck your mum you've got a letter Ooh, yes I've, i'm reading the letter today guys <laughs> <clears throat> so so you mad straw of the week nomination can i say who it's come from anon oh it's come from anon yeah yeah yes anon and it's sent with no chill i sent that to you with no chill yeah okay right. <laughs> okay shall i read it yeah Hi, Kelechi. I hope this email finds you and your family well. I've been following you and listening to your podcast since the first episode, but I have never felt the, like the time was right to write in. As a white person, most of the time, my role is to shut up, listen and promote your things and the things of other black creators to other people. However, after the events I'm about to outline to you, I have felt the urge to get loud and call out the cruelty and I'm seeing in whatever ways I can. Trigger warning. Fire, trauma, links to Grenfell Tower. Okay. On Friday 11th of September, Thomas King House in Coventry caught fire. The block is full of council housing, providing living space to poor families, predominantly black, Muslim and or recent migrants to the country. Whilst, thank God, no one was killed or injured by the fire directly, two flats on the 14th floor were left entirely burnt out and the effect on those still living in the block is significant. The fire was allegedly started on purpose and a man has been arrested on suspicion of arson. Whilst that person deserves a very smoky straw, it is not my place to comment on what may have led them to decide that this was their only course of action. The area of Coventry which, within which Thomas King House is situated is an area of significant disadvantage and poverty and a lack of support systems engenders violence. I hope they get the help they, I hope they get the help they so clearly need. No, my anger and concern is more aimed at the people in charge of looking after the block, citizen and Coventry City Council. I work in the local area and know several families living there, including one of the same floor as where the fire took place. Can someone explain to me why neither the fire alarms nor the sprinklers went off anywhere in the building? Two flats are burnt out, but the sprinklers stayed dry and the alarms kept quiet. What wow. on earth would it take to set them off? In addition, Thomas King House has similar, if not identical, cladding to, the, to Grenfell Tower. I know for a fact that Grenfell was in the minds of the people ordered to remain in the flats, not knowing they would make it through the night. I know what mothers in that building were at last for. To, I know that mothers in that building were at last for what to say to their children, how to reassure them. And I know that by Monday, those who were evacuated from their homes on the 14th floor were told it was safe to go back. Safe for whom? How safe is it, physically or emotionally, to have to walk through a burnt-out corridor to reach your to reach your own home? How safe is it to say in a flat that stinks of smoke? It's even more violent when you consider that we are still in a pandemic. Black and brown people are already at a greater risk, never mind when their lungs are comp compromised by smoke inhalation. But of course, since the council declared it safe, the families cannot claim homeless status and be placed elsewhere. Stuck between a flat full of traumatic memories and homelessness while navigating their own tra trauma, the ch their children's trauma and the pandemic, the lack of compassion is outstanding. So, all the love, light and support in the world to the families affected by the fire and a massive fuck you to Citizen Housing and Coventry City Council. Who knows, maybe they'll change their tune and actually provide decent, safe housing for the people who rely on them for it. But I'm not expecting much. 
Apologies for the essay of an email and thank you for reading this far. Thank you also for all the work and creativity you bring into the world. It is absolutely an honor to listen to you and watch your content every week. And I wish you and your family every success and blessing for the future. Best wishes, Anonymous. I want to know, I want to know your no. name. Why you got to be anonymous? No, I, I always have to do that whenever I have it <laughs> on. But I'm furious. Like, my singer, my, my singer should not, um, like, confuse you about my um, fury. Because why? Uh, this fucking country. This fucking Crazy. country. They haven't learned because... Uh, it's not about learning. Everyone's very, very aware of what they're doing. And this is why, you know, the next um, Suck Your Mum Straw of the Week is actually about the people who are, have lost files. They've lost files um, conveniently. conveniently during Grenfell. It's not incompetence. All of these things that are happening is not incompetence. It's a general disdain for the working class community. It's a general disdain for black and black and brown people who are working class. Like this is why this is happening. They wouldn't send white middle class people back into the... Never, never. And, and let me tell you what's happening. They're actually, technically in a way, they're allowing people to die. Yes. What I think, what, what I think they want, they obviously realise that the cladding that, the bad cladding that was on Grenfell is probably on loads of, of loads and loads and loads of buildings. Mm -hmm. But the amount of money that it will cost them to, to have to go in and remove the cladding and put up a new ones, they, they, they've literally said to themselves, we'd rather let people die. Yes. And yeah. that is what's going to happen. That is what they're like. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to release, they're going to see these buildings out until they're done. Mm -hmm. They're going to rebuild them and make sure to not put that same cladding on. I'll be, I would never be surprised if they even put the same cladding on and try and lie and yeah. say it's a different cladding. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to see all the buildings out. They're not going to do anything. But the, the sprinklers, smoke alarms, none of these things are working. You would have, or everybody there would have died. But you've got money for war. This is what fucking pisses me off. And this is why, if you're still su um, supporting anything that this fucking country is doing, whether you live in it or not, if you're still sp supporting anything that's happening, to me, you are a dickhead. You're an absolute dickhead. Because they'll talk to, uh, talk to us about, oh, there's no money for this, there's no money for that. But they've always got money for ammunition. They're always selling out uh, ammunition. Always ready for war. Always. There's always money for war. There's always money to find fucking Madeleine McCann. But there's like the, the money that you spent doing all of that, you could have spent fixing them smoke alarms. And it's scary because, you know, you have to think about people that live in buildings like that. There's going to be old people. There's going to be people that may not be able to react. Yes. As quick as, as others. And this is why I know that like, ugh, we'll get into it because the next um, straw of the week. Well, yes. Some emails, documents and design drawings relating to the Grenfell Tower refurbishment appear to have been lost forever after being wiped from a laptop. The inquiry into the fire has heard. Design manager Daniel Ankintel Jones, who worked for cladding specialist Harley Facades until March 2016, told the hearing he erased his work computer of all files after agreeing to keep the device despite leaving the firm. The electrical and mechanical engineering graduate told the inquiry on Monday he made the assumption his work would remain on the Harley facade server, which it did not. Um, and denied a claim he arranged for his file, email file to be deleted from the firm's internal systems. I believed everything would be kept on the company server because all of the laptops just attached into the server and all the emails were retained there, he said. In his witness statement, Harley Managing Director Ray Bailey said he believed every Harley employee who worked on the revamp was able to pass on emails in the days following the June 2017 fire, except Mr. Ankatel Jones. 
He said, as for Ankatel, Daniel Ankatel Jones, he left Harley some months before the fire. By that stage, he had both deleted all of his Harley-related emails from his laptop and had arranged with our service provider to remove his email file from our systems. Asked about this by the inquiry, um, lawyer Kate Grange QC, Mr. Um, um, whatever, Mr. Um, Jones, Ankatel Jones says, I don't know what he means by that. I didn't arrange for that to happen. I don't think I would have have the authority or security to do that. Um, he worked, he, uh, Mr. Ankatel Jones, who worked for Harley for almost nine years, told the inquiry in the past where I'd had a laptop break or replaced it. It was just a simple case of connecting it back up to the server. And you had all of your emails instantly once again in his statement. In his witness statement, he added that the material that he was deleted would have related to all Harley projects um, I had worked on during my time at the company, including the Grenfell Tower refurbishment project. This would have included emails, documents, design drawings and calculations. This would mainly have been emails as most of the working information was kept on the server. He added most of the information on the laptop would probably have related to 10 Trinity Square as I spent a lot of time working from site where access to the server wasn't easy. So I would have kept offline files on the laptop for easy access. I doubt there would have been any files relating to Grenfell as these would have been on the server. So what I get from that is that they're trying to lie on him. Yeah. They've 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 wiped the server. Yeah. They've they wiped this. They're, they're using him as a scapegoat. Someone that left in 2016. Uh, before. Before the fire. They want to use as a scapegoat. <laughs> and they're, 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 their incompetence in handling, you know, the whole thing has just been, it's actually been, I want to, I want to say shocking, but what's, what's worse than shocking? I don't know. But it's interesting that you use the word incompetence. Because I think that this is something that we need to even address in ourselves when we look at the way that white whiteness operates and white supremacy operates and this government and this the companies that you know get or get given these contracts by the government how they operate somebody who is incompetent a system that is incompetent could not have enslaved people for 400 to 500 years mm-hmm. a system that's incompetent could not have colonized pretty much most of africa they couldn't have a system that's incompetent would not have been able to um, perpetrate and 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 keep racism going for as long as it has but it's that they we need they need us to buy into oh it's incompetent so we don't realize the real danger that we've been in yes which is that the system is working just fine just so fine needs to work for yes because and we know that if this were to happen but first of all we wouldn't be putting lots of white middle class people living in council estates anyway right but they've got like apartment blocks if that was to ever to happen in any of their apartment blocks heads would roll it could have just been one flat one flat one family affected right oh but there we go so it's not incompetence and this is how boris got into power the way that he did from mayor of london to what is he the foreign secretary whatever the fuck he was doing and then then to prime minister because he's played on the fact that people like to have this false sense of security like oh he's just a bumbling idiot why the fuck do you want to be governed by a bumbling idiot do you not care about yourself enough you that this is the person do you think that your life is a joke (laughs) literally he's the person that is irresponsible for you basically right (laughs) But oh, oh yeah, he's funny, and then look, now 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 you're laughing oh, and crying. Funny. It's very funny, right? And this is what gets me. Like they, what has happened here? I think it's my mind keeps saying in about twenty five years. It's only in the twenty five years that they're going to admit what they actually did oh, of, yes. with, with Grenfell. A lot longer than that, maybe. Maybe may, may, see when most of the people who knew about it have kind of old or maybe almost dead or moved on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But we, there were, there were so many people in that building who died and 70 is not the number. And I'll say that with my, my fucking chest. And and I I don't like the idea of like rallying people if you're not going to be at like the forefront of it. But I do, I do feel like, you know, we've, we all just kind of got way too quiet about the Grenfell thing. But it's because of the misinformation because they knew that a riot would have ensued if the right information would have come out. Yeah. Which is about the the correct number. Yes. How it happened. Yes. But everyone is shirking their responsibilities. Everyone's passing the butt like, oh, that that wasn't anything to do with me. It wasn't my fault. It was that person's fault. You're blaming someone who fucking left the business in 2016. Yeah, before it happened. I would say bad people, bad people left their positions after that thing happened though, didn't they? I wonder, was it that? Like, I remember like MPs were leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for Teresa, she stayed there and told us that there's no magic money tree to make to rehouse the people, um, you know, the Grenfell um, people who survived properly. Stupid you know, cow. absolute cow. And then people just moved on, fo- focused on Brexit. Then all of this stuff, like justice, we still need justice for Grenfell. Yeah, we absolutely we do. still we do. do. We do, especially if you guys are gonna if they're gonna dress it in that white cloth. You know, you know they've put a white cloth over yeah. it and, and put like a heart, Grenfell heart or something like that. If you're going to do all of those, you know, that's what one thing that the UK are good at doing. They're good at doing all these little kind of like performative, performative bullshit. sentiments and all of this. But like, the nah, thing is, they're doing it for now. Money. But when when they've knocked it down, they're going to put in apartment blocks because again, you want it to be suited to the people who now live in, right, that, in area. that area. And that was probably the only block. Actually, yeah. yes, that was like the only kind of like ugly and inverted commas yeah that's what they called it they called it an eyesore and that's why they went and poured the fucking cladding on it in the first place and then so they're going to regenerate the whole area i'll be surprised as to who decides to go and live in that area after but you never know people will because people are moving in all the time and people are heartless at the end of the day they see a nice apartment block they're 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 going going. for it someone could have died there they're going they're going but nah like the facade whatever the fuck you call yourselves you company you can all go suck your mothers and you think that you're going to get away with this but understand the energetic imprint that you're leaving in this life yeah what you have done and what you're denying and what you are erasing will come back onto your bloodline, onto your children. They will be the ones to suffer the repercussions of your heartlessness and your ruthlessness in this situation. For the fact that none of you can come and whistleblow and say that, nah, let me tell the truth, yeah? This is what happened. And you're all passing it amongst each other. Everyone that was that was linked to causing that for allowing that fire to happen and then covering it up thereafter, none of you will ever know peace. I'm telling you that off the bat, like none of you lot will ever know peace. You can all go and suck your mothers um, through a smoky straw, inhale it and die. That's what you need to do because it's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And so I agree with Anon, like, even when we're saying, look at what happened with Grenfell, you man need to do better in all of these other situations. They're still like, no, it's perfectly fine. And then all we'll hear, God forbid something happens, it's, oh, thoughts and prayers, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. Thoughts and prayers should have been with your mum's your mom's <laughs> vagina before you exited. You should have stayed where you were. Twats. Pricks. It's, uh, I, I, God. No, I feel that it, it gets you really, it, it kind of makes you, you, you get angry, but you also feel a bit helpless. Like, well, what can yes. I even do? But it's yep. just, yeah, I feel that. It's, uh, it's, gosh, we can't, this just can't continue the way, like the, just the apathy that people show towards like, um, situations like this. I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. And you, I'm big up, um, a Dawn. I think her name is Dawn Wooten, who um, is the whistleblower for the um, mass hysterectomies that are taking place in the ICE facilities okay, yeah, so in America. This is just another tactic of war. Mm-hmm. 
And there is a war being waged on the people of America. And so many people are unaware that they they are at war. Someone said something really. There was some something really profound. Jesus, they were like, um, "Doctors are to black women what police are to black men." Yes, and I thought, Jesus Christ, that is very very true. Yeah, like, you don't realize that. But even black women still feel the force of police. But yeah, when well, we yeah, look no, at yeah, the race, course, but yeah, yeah, but it's it's true. It's true. Doctors across the board to black people, it's the same thing. Like we're not, there's medical racism. There's the, you know, the institutional racism that we're seeing in terms of like the police and everything. Like nowhere can black people say like, this is a service that's here to protect and serve me. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Even at the hospital, you think to yourself where you're meant to feel legally anyways, yeah. the most safest. Yeah. You've got to start telling them that if anything happens to me, I'm a qualified this. I'm a qualified that. If anything happens to you me, to start, you have to you have to do your own research. So you basically you know. have to threaten them to give you good care. Oh, sad. But the mass hysterectomies, it's like I said, it's another tactic of war to like try to sterilize the people, to try to forcefully force uh, forcefully sterilize the people to basically make sure that they can't procreate. You're trying to kill people out. You're mm-hmm. trying to wipe them out, mm-hmm. and that is scary to me. It's the obsession even that people have with Africa. Oh, we need to... It's overpopulated. That term is a triggering term. What do you mean overpopulated? Oh, they're just breeding all the time. They're doing this. They're doing that. Why are you concerned? But what about their mortality rates? You don't talk about that. No no one's talking about that. Even when coronavirus was happening and everyone was wondering, oh, why is Africa so okay? Why Why are they not dying? (laughs) Because if they were dying, that would literally make them feel so much better. Yeah. Because, you know, upon all the... I'm going there to build a well. Thank you. All the wells you've built built means that we could wash our hands, unlike you. And there you have it. Uh Thank you for your wells. Thank you. Thank you for your gap yard. I I need that on the T-shirt. Gap yard. Gap yard. But, oh, gosh. The mass hysterectomy thing really, really just made me upset because it's the... The, the the war that is waged on um, women's bodies, black women's bodies, um, and you know, um, you, women of color, like the, the the war that's waged on the bodies, um, on um, on their bodies as a way of controlling um, and and um, dominating um, in these situations, it's absolutely disgusting. And I just pray for protection for Dawn as she's spoken out in the way that she's spoken out because people will try to come for her Mm -hmm. for calling out, you know, all of this in the way that she has. But we need to know that these things are happening and surely this should make people feel rage. Surely this should make people want to get Trump the fuck out of office or for something to change in America because that is being done in your name. All of you love to watch films where you're like, oh, well, if I'd been alive during that time, I wouldn't have behaved that way. I would have done things differently. You're alive right now. Do something. Do something now. Oh, I feel that. Yes. But you don't want to. Because you you'd rather focus on way back when, which wasn't even that far, um, um, you know, that long ago. Yeah, and if you, and it's funny the people that focus on way back when because we're seeing things repeat themselves. Oh, and you don't want to address it in this day and right. age. Right. I, I whenever I feel a bit anxious and whenever I feel like I need a bit of, I don't know, a bit of motivation, I listen to Lauren Hill's interludes uh, from the MTV Unplugged album. Yeah, yeah. And it gives me goosebumps to listen to it because it's like she is, she, she that album came out in what, 1991, I want to say, or maybe even a bit later than that. 90, no, much later than that. Yeah, much later than that, mm-hmm. or maybe early 2000s. We need to find it out because I love it was, her. I think it was around when I was in Brit school that it came out. Early 2000s, yeah, I would say. So early 2000s, and it's like, it's so weird because what she's saying resonates today. Yeah. she. It sounds like Lauren Hill is describing today's society. So... It's just, it, my point is, you know, things don't change 2002. much. 2002. 2002, sure. Early 2000. So yeah. things, don't, things don't change much. 
And mm. it, it, it really goes to show in a way, you know, that history repeats itself. Yes, it's, a, it's an absolute mad thing. But anyway, <clears throat> that is us for this week's episode of SYM. I hope that you've managed to secure your Oracle cards, the um, spiritual seasoning for the soul Oracle cards. I hope that you've managed to secure yourself a deck or two for your brethren's them. Christmas is coming up and that. Um, and yeah, that's that's just that's just it. There will be no episode next week because um i'm taking a break but i'll be back for the week after you'll have an episode on my birthday my birthday's the 5th of october so you'll have an episode for my birthday to celebrate with me where are you taking me for my birthday oh yeah we still need to decide that mm, well you i'm gonna i'm gonna pick somewhere i'm you know i'm really bad with picking places and you know, i know you're a bit of a foodie so yeah i'm gonna try and pick some from somewhere you've suggested i'll be smart yeah, somewhere I've suggested. We've gone to Bob Bob Ricard. We went for your birthday. Yeah, no, no, that was for my... Graduation. Yeah, it was for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we went for that. Um, we've been to Duck and Waffle. I, can't, I quite want to go I would, to, like, I'd like to Thai place. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been to a Thai place for my birthday. We went to China Tang. I do love a China Tang. Mm, mm, Every mm, time mm, I've gone mm, there, mm. I've seen a celeb. Chinatown. We saw um was that a Bob Bob Rickard where we saw the lady from uh, House of Cards? That was Chinatown. Chinatown, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when I went for my birthday a few years back, um David Beckham was at the table next to us. Ooh. That was interesting. So maybe a Chinatown thing. Sure. Uh-huh, that rhymed. Yeah. We'll work on but I don't know, it's got colonial vibes now. Well, it's always had colonial vibes, but you know, like the more aware you become of things, you can't enjoy them yeah, in the same I way know. anymore. Yeah. It's just so, better when you're just unaware. Yeah. So, yeah. So, think of somewhere that we're going to go for my birthday. I should have my red wig by then, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I've been Kalechi Okafor. And Sadiq. And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? Suck Your Mother. That is right. So, yeah, um, thank you, Better Help. Thank you to all of you lot for listening, tuning in every week and supporting the ting. And, yeah, I'll catch you around my birthday. Peace. See ya. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.